0: I'm Stephen Perkins, editor in chief of the Outset Network, and this is my podcast. Welcome to this week's show. Typically, this is the podcast where we talk to the emerging leaders on the right about how they got started, their methods, and Uh, where they see the country going. But this week to take a brief break from our regular interviews with exceptional young leaders, I wanted to share with you some thoughts that I've had for a few months now. About two weeks ago, I attended a forum at my university at which candidates for local office shared their reasons for running and indeed also shared their campaign platforms. While the room we were in was filled to the brim with young people my age, it was a required event for a few political science classes after all, I noticed that the average age of the candidates at the long table at the front of the massive auditorium was not close to the average age of the university students in the audience. There were two people on that panel, however, who stuck out. One was a student at my university running against an incumbent city councilor. The other was a young man, not a student, however, and he was running for a local school board position. Of the dozen or so candidates, only those two were under the age of 30. Let me take you back a few months ago to when I was listening to an episode of the Ezra Klein Show while ironing my laundry. Yes, in case you're wondering, I clearly know how to have a good time. Klein was interviewing Jennifer Lawless, a political scientist at American University in Washington, DC. According to Lawless, who had just recently completed a large study and indeed written a book about how young people view politics, the data reflects what we already know to be true for the most part. Some interesting statistics included 89% of high schoolers say they've already decided they will never run for office. 85% doubt elected officials want to help people. And 79% of respondents said they don't think politicians are smart or hardworking. Further, while past generations generally held politicians in high regards, younger people would rather be employed in manual labor jobs than be elected to serve in an elected position. It's interesting. We already know that young people don't vote, but it turns out that young people don't run for office either. Millennials, the generation that is desperate to make a difference in their work, do not want to be involved in the one institution, that is government, that supposedly provides the power and influence to actually make a difference. So why is this a problem? Well, the fact is our country faces challenges. Shocker. I know older generations do not have the same priorities or even experiences that the younger generations, the generations who have already passed baby boomers in size have had. That means while young people my age continue to get more plugged into society as we graduate and get jobs, the people making our decisions at the local, state and federal level are not necessarily looking to fix the challenges that are upcoming for people my age. Now. What's the opportunity? Young people can run for office and get this, they can win. First, let me define what I mean by run for office. I'm not saying young people should, in mass, run for the U.S. House. Uh, there is, however, a great opportunity in local elections. So these are positions like city council, school boards, the state house, even aldermen, etc. Now, there are a few factors that lead to this conclusion that we should run for office. Among them are low turnout, low competition, nonpartisan races, limited time commitments, a growing base of young voters, and unique skills among millennials. So let's break those down. First, in case you didn't know, uh, no one gives a damn about local races. What that translates into is simple. If the turnout is low, you don't have to convince as many people to vote for you in order to win once you figure out the number needed to win typically a few thousand in a local election you just have to work towards that number sure you still have to get those people to actually turn out and vote for you but it's much more possible than it is for say a state or federal election second Even with nearly 500,000 local and state-level elected offices in the U.S., people rarely run for them. Incumbents, especially in local races, rarely experience real competition. This means that with proper research and planning, you can be a serious competitor and challenge someone who hasn't been challenged in the past. Competition is low. Third, if you're a conservative living in a liberal district or a liberal living in a conservative district, many local races are nonpartisan, meaning you can slip under the radar and win because a letter is never placed by your name. Fourth, most local and state elected positions are actually part-time positions. In fact, here in Texas, our legislator is in session for 140 days. For city council positions, the requirements are even more manageable with regular set meetings, often in the evenings. This means that for most of these elected positions, they work elsewhere full-time. Next, as I mentioned earlier, the voting block that millennials make up is growing rapidly, even recently surpassing the electoral power of baby boomers. Now, to be fair, this is not enough of a base in and of itself because older generations are the one who actually get out and vote, like we said, millennials don't vote. But there is an incredible opportunity to inspire and mobilize people your age to vote for a candidate that understands them. Namely, You, And finally, the one that I think is the most exciting is that millennials bring with them an entirely new set of 21st century skills that can be used to win elections. Going beyond a skilled use of social media, young people have a way of communicating and connecting with people their age or people close to their age. They have the skills to make those politician duties, such as stump speeches or uh, socializing at gatherings, they have the ability to make that seem much more personable than older politicians who seem like robots. Now, let's address the elephant in the room. Running for local office doesn't sound exciting. It's not sexy. After all, CNN will spend 23 of its 24 hours of programming covering federal politics, but rarely will you see a story about local politics. In fact, even your local news station primarily cares about national news, and when they do talk about local events, it's a murder or a natural disaster, right? While running for local office won't be the most exciting thing you'll ever do, or at least I hope it's not the most exciting thing you will ever do, there are a few advantages. According to Lawless, that political scientist, she says that there are a few things to consider about the power of local office. Number one, because of the expansion of federalism over the past few years, and presumably the continuation of expansion of federalism, during the Trump administration, local governments are actually being empowered more and more to make decisions. That means that as an elected official at the local or state level, you will have power over the things that actually affect your constituents' lives. The results of your work will be more easily seen. Secondly, local politics can act as a stepping stone to the sexier political offices. You can go from city councilor to state rep to U.S. congressman. This is, after all, what people like Barack Obama and Senator Cory Booker did. Starting local as a young person also gives you the experience to run for those bigger seats. Third, you get to know your community and its needs. In a time when most people view politicians as out of touch, and frankly, you may be one of those people who complain about that very thing, You have an opportunity by running for and serving in local office to connect with your neighbors and address the needs of your community in a very direct way. Now, don't get me wrong, running for office is not easy. The most challenging part, perhaps, is raising money, also known as asking people for money. But when you consider that the opportunity to actually make a difference is at an all-time high, why wouldn't you at least try? There is a sentiment that millennials have a remarkable lack of motivation, and when it comes to politics, they're uninformed. But I don't buy either of those things one bit. Sure, it may be true in the micro, but on a macro sense, whether it's people like Sarah Blair, the West Virginia delegate who became the youngest person elected to state or federal office at 18 years old, or someone like my friend Jake Leahy, an 18-year-old school board member in Illinois, or even Joseph Tringale, who was elected as a trustee to his local library board. I know firsthand that millennials are itching to make a difference and get involved, and when given the opportunity, they do get involved, and they do make a difference. So if you've been thinking about taking the leap, Here's the motivation that you may have been waiting for. Do it. No matter your ideology, we need your perspective and we need your talents. After all, if you don't do it, who will? Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure to follow me on social media at steven underscore Perkins, facebook.com slash Perkins. You can find Outset on social media at Outset Network, as well as find our other podcast at OutsetMagazine.com slash podcast. If you like this episode, subscribe, rate, and share it with your friends. Until next week, God bless.